Karina and this is In Cahoots, a Mum Heart Australia podcast. My co-host Lacey and I will be joining homeschool mums across the country to share our wins and our struggles and encourage each other because everything's better when you do it with a friend. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of In Cahoots. But our guest today is Claire. Now, I'm Karina, your host, and I was at the Victoria Mum Heart Conference. We held our first one down there in mid-2019 and sat beside this lovely lady while we were eating breakfast one morning. And I think I said at breakfast, I said, I need you for a um, podcast interview. And so finally, we have connected and got together online obviously we're in different parts of the country i'm really happy to introduce you to claire so welcome claire to in cahoots hi karina thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure so tell us a little bit about your family then claire yeah so i have two kids harry and jemima harry is 10 and jemima's eight and they are both polar opposites so, which is really nice, but sometimes challenging to teach. Yeah, you, you yeah. Think you've got it figured out with your oldest one and then your second one's completely different. Yeah, 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 that's it. Um, I sort of, I say to people, really, Harry, I didn't have to teach him to read. He just did it himself, really. Um, yeah. So by the time he was five, he was reading and I've honestly had nothing to do with that except really give him books. Yep. Um, and it was just the way he was geared and he was interested in it and he just seems to absorb and keep knowledge, which is amazing. Um, it's not the way my brain works either. So, <laughs> yeah. And Jemima is sort of a lot more like me. She's um, very creative. Um, she has quite strong dyslexic tendencies. Um, so that makes uh, reading a real challenge. So... Yeah, re rethink how you teach or relearn how to work with her um, being so different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And the interesting thing is that um, because we are so similar, it's actually difficult for me to help her a lot of the time because I don't see her mistakes. So um, because they're exactly the same mistakes I would make. (laughs) So um, we get Harry to check our work for us. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Make use of his his strengths. Yeah, that's it. That's right. And what age? What age are your children? Uh, eight and ten. Yep. Okay. So mine is the youngest. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And what about yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what makes you tick. Yeah, sure. So, um, as you already know, I grew up as a homeschooled kid myself. So I never went to school. Um, My younger brother did for a couple of years and then he was pulled out because they had um, bullying problems at the school. Um, And I was due to start that year. And I remember going to my introductory meet the pet, meet the teachers sort of thing. And then the next day I found I wasn't going to school, which was interesting. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, and then I went right through, um, I, I didn't do year 12 exams. Um, I went straight into TAFE from year 12 mm-hmm. uh, and I did gold and silversmithing at TAFE. Yeah. Yeah. So, a very unique kind of career path, really. Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, so my mum 
was an art teacher um, and I always had a lot of art going on around me. So Jamaica Chua wedding dresses um, and, but she was always, always painting and lead lighting and all sorts of things. Um, and I thought I was doing something different. I thought, I'll do jewellery because she does all these other things and I wanted to be, you know, my own self, I guess. Yes. Uh, but turns out she actually studied gold and silversmithing as well. That's the first thing she did. I didn't know that until I actually got into my course and she was like, well, I've got all these tools somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. Thanks so much for being different. <laughs> obviously in your blood, in your heritage there somehow. That's right. That's right. So you studied gold and silversmithing. Have you continued making jewellery? Where did that lead you? Yeah, um, I did on and off. So um, I finished my, it was just an advanced diploma. Um, I looked at getting an apprenticeship. And at the time, if you had been subsidised for a, a, um, a diploma, you then couldn't be subsidised for an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. um, which was a little misleading in the course. Um, I was very disappointed because I had my heart set on doing an apprenticeship. Um, so I started to set up for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the year... So I did one year of the course and then I got married um, at 19. Yeah. Um, and then I, my husband did one year and then I went back to study uh, as well. So we were both studying and I finished my advanced diploma and then had to get a job so he could finish his. So I worked in retail and I worked on my jewellery at night. So, okay. Yeah, so I sort of gradually started to build a business from that. While you until Harry came along, (laughs) and then um, you obviously stopped working and have decided to homeschool now. Was that a natural thing for you? Stopping working, oh no, deciding to homeschool, yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, I absolutely loved being homeschooled. Um, it was, I don't know, I was was just so happy. I I wasn't all that great at the academic side of things Um, and I did struggle a bit and my mum is a very intelligent person and she's a real all-rounder and so I think I was a little bit frustrating for her um, in that regards Uh, but yeah she she persevered with me and obviously I had reading difficulties as well Um, and I didn't really read properly until I was probably eight and a half um yeah and then I was ripping through novels so it just it just took a lot longer until you were ready to develop that reading skill yeah yeah that's right I think we share a lot of similarities in that in that it's actually quite unusual to find someone that was homeschooled themselves as a child um yeah we connected over that at breakfast that day but then to like myself as well it was a natural progression well it was such Mm. a Experience and we can do it for our children, so why wouldn't I? So it's yes. very similar to you there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just the freedom of it too, you know, if you get all your work done quickly, you go and do what you really were passionate about, which for me was art and being with my pets and yes. things like that. And that's such a gift. And being with your family. That extended time of just living together that yeah. you can take for granted when it's what you have experienced yourself yes. as a child and it's yeah, like that realize it is important to give that to our kids too yeah, yeah absolutely and obviously your husband was supportive of starting the homeschooling journey as well 
Yeah, so that was a really interesting one because obviously he was um, studying primary school education. Yes. Um, so he wanted to be a teacher and he was like, why would you homeschool? Like, really? <laughs> um, and I think it took him a little while to decide that it was actually a really good idea, but the more he has taught, the more he has decided it's really great. So in your own home then and educating your kids, does he have much much involvement or does he really take a backseat role or how has his teaching background helped at all in the way you've chosen to homeschool? It's interesting because I think I thought it would at first mm -hmm. um, and I did ask him a lot about, you know, plans and all the rest of it. But we came to realise very early on that the way a school works isn't the way a homeschool works. Um, and the schedules you have and the way you cover topics and things like that, it just, yeah, it doesn't doesn't work at home with, with two children of different ages and, yeah, yep. grades. So, um, no, I, very, I pretty much do it um, by myself. Um, Pete will come home and read with Jemima and things like that. So he sort of, he just picks up a bit here and there where I ask. Yeah. But not in designing curriculum or the day-to-day -day doing of the homeschooling is really on your shoulders. Yes, it is. Yeah. He just checks over all my spelling. Oh, how good. And he, he's obviously found it, because I'm sure for our listeners, that would be an interesting thing of how a school teacher manages the difference between what he experiences all day at work to then how different you do it at home. And yeah. obviously that's been a positive thing and a, he can see the benefits of why you're doing what you're doing at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he still sometimes is like, you know, oh, but what about this subject? And I'm like, well, that's actually covered in all these different areas. And he finds it hard to wrap his head around that because it is just very, very different. Yeah. Um, but he does trust me. And so you are part of a co-op with your kids. Have you always been part of community in that way? Have you always had other homeschoolers around you for either yourself as a mum or your children doing classes together? Or is that something new? It's actually something quite new. So um, we struggled for years actually to find those homeschool connections. Um, I think it's possibly to do with the area that we live in. Um, there are some some good Christian schools around and um, so quite a few of our, our friends send their kids there and that just wasn't an option for us. Um, and the other unschoolers and homeschoolers around are extremely liberal um, uh, and, and actually um, we found the local groups quite antagonistic towards Christians. So, um, yeah. Not a good that fit for your family. Not, not a good fit for our family. Yeah, that's right. And so now you've got a group now that obviously you connect together very well with. Yeah. Um, so I sort of just decided, look, last year I went, uh, we can't keep doing this unless I find a good community for, um, for my kids. So they've got mm -hmm. some, some friends to grow up with, really. Um, and I thought, well, I've just got to do something about it. Um, that's what my mum did <laughs> so, when we were kids. Um, so I sort of took a leaf out of her book and I just went, I approached my church and said, can we use the premises? And 
And they said, yep, five bucks a day. I'm like, wow, thanks. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so very thankful to them. Um, and then it just asked a couple of families that um, we'd met actually randomly at a Highland dancing class that was right. started by a friend. So we were doing Highland dancing and um, so a couple of those families joined and it's just sort of gone from there. So we've got five families now and it's just right for our small space and they're large families so we've got plenty of kids. <laughs> yeah. And the, the point there, because we get asked this a lot within the mum heart um, groups, like how do you find other people that are like you? Because, yes, they're, like mm. you said, there's homeschoolers that can be perfectly nice people but they're not necessarily the people we want to connect with or are going to meld with weekly. Yes. Um, so yeah, how do you find your tribe as such? And that can be really tricky for a lot of people. But like you said, sometimes you've just got to go out there and make it happen yourself. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, we started, um, we started the group with five families and a couple of families have left and a couple have joined throughout the year. And I think, um, if you sort of set a, a flavor, I guess, to your group, then it will attract similar sorts of people. And if they don't like it, they will move on. So I think it's sort of quite traditional. It's not a real, I guess it's not a lot of co-ops run all day, whereas we do only run for three hours. Mm -hmm. So it's not as big an investment either. And I think that's not quite as intimidating as joining a co-op with that runs all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably suits the age and stage of your children too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was filling a gap in my skills too. Um, so I thought, well, I can offer art, um, but I really would love the kids to learn science from someone more experienced than myself. So. Yep. And then what about do the, the mums as part of the group? Do you connect well with them? Do you form, have you formed a, a nice friendship and support group with the mums? Really, really strong friendship. So that's been really wonderful for me. Um, yeah, all the mums are, are very close to now. So um, I'm really thankful for that. It's a really great support network. Yeah, and because that's so important. It can be a bit of a lonely journey um, as a mum. You you can be around people, but people that really get you and understand the uniqueness of the lifestyle we've chosen as homeschoolers. Yeah, that's right. And it can become you can feel quite isolated and, um, you know, we've all got those friends that are just like, why don't you just send your kids to school? Like then you could come and have coffee with us during the day, you know? Um, <laughs> and every now, I think particularly at this side of the year, they're all like, yes, the kids have gone back to school. We're going out for lunch and um, come and join us. Oh, no, wait a minute. You'd have to bring your kid. It can be tricky, can't it? <laughs> yeah, it's important to find your community and if you can't meet together weekly at a co-op it can be found online it can be found in you know monthly gatherings if you've got to drive further but the importance of that connection for mums I think is really important yes. for the long haul to yes. see through the long haul otherwise you can wear out very quickly you can yeah that's right I've got a question that I didn't actually prep you beforehand but out of interest you were homeschooled yourself. How different does the way you were homeschooling your children now look compared to what you experienced as a child? I, I think I've taken quite a bit out of my mum's book, actually. So I've, I've, um, I've really enjoyed looking through Charlotte Mason and, and her ways of doing things. Um, and so we're actually doing quite a bit um, with Simply Charlotte Mason, um, which I'm really loving. Um, 
and then we're using a bit of a becker on the side, which is something I grew up with. So we did rod and staff and a becker, and it was a very, I guess you'd call classical kind of way of teaching. Whereas, yeah, um, I'm pretty much just using that for the maths and the science um, and doing the Charlotte Mason style of learning for everything else, mm -hmm. uh, which really suits um, the way I learn and the way I can teach. And Harry, because he, he just reads a lot and he really gleans a lot from that as well. And Jemima loves being read to. <laughs> for all of you. Yeah, at the moment it does anyway. Things change. Yeah, that's right. Be be willing to yeah. adapt as they as they grow and change as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's it's interesting. Sometimes it's not like you had a bad experience, but you still adjust and change. There's just so much more out there. There's so much more information and um, resources now than there was years ago, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, I still remember going to these funny little meetings with mum where they'd have piles of books on a table and all the mums would be filtering through them and ordering things off a pad. And um, But when I think about it, what was contained on that table wasn't very much in comparison to how much we have mm -hmm. open to us, which can be quite intimidating sometimes, can't it? It can be. It can be. You've got to really filter through to find what is good for you in that season too and not feel overwhelmed yeah. or like you're not doing enough because you're not doing everything. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, is the flip side of our current um, access to so much information. Yeah, that's right. So I'm sitting here looking at Claire in her lovely studio and I wish I could share my view with you listeners because it's just beautiful. She's an artist. And all around behind her are these gorgeous little illustrations, which really remind me of a Beatrix Potter book. Um, it's almost like you're in a modern version of a Beatrix Potter book. So tell us about your art and what you do with that these days. Sure. That's such a compliment too, because of course I love Beatrix Potter. What do I do these days? So I paint a lot of um, pretty pictures, I guess. I, <laughs> I, I just love um, painting things that um make me happy and they're a bit humorous and um they generally do have little stories in my own head going on um and i use yeah i use watercolors um and they're used on prints for kids rooms um i do calendars and cushions and um toys um greeting cards a lot of greeting cards <laughs> so you yeah. sell these you sell them at markets and online is that right yeah yeah so um quite a lot of my designs i license off to greeting card companies oh, okay. um and yeah um means i can create more than just produce you yes. know cards which is not very fun mm -hmm. um and yeah, but the, I also have a range of my own that I, I sell um, online at local markets. Yeah, and to um, various shops around as well. So how did this grow? Obviously, you came from a very creative family and you studied jewellery making, the silver and gold smithing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's grown in, obviously, art has been part of your family. Is that something you've shared with your mum as well? Yeah. Um, look, my mum was... Uh, very talented and I think I was quite intimidated by it as a child because she was just so good and you know this was my problem she didn't 
um, make me feel that way deliberately at all. <laughs> um, but it was just one of those things that I just looked at what she could do and I wanted to be able to do it perfectly straight away. Um, I didn't want to have to grow into it as obviously you do. Um, and so I didn't really start painting until I left home. So um, I had an illustration component in my jewellery course and I loved it. So that was actually rendering jewellery um, in a very lifelike way. Okay. Um, but I loved it. And, and then after I left home and I had Harry and I was <laughs> – one day I was working on an engagement ring and – I just put my jewellery torch down on the table because I was distracted by him and I lit my work table alight. Oh, no. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was just as well I worked out of my kitchen and it was all quite fireproof. <laughs> but I set my curtains alight and, and my table and I ruined quite a few things. Um, and my husband Pete came home and he's like, I just wonder whether maybe we should do something else for a little while. <laughs> take a break from the jewellery and I think I was a bit of a mess and I wasn't sleeping well and I, I sobbingly agreed and um, <laughs> I finished that engagement ring and that was my last. Okay. So um, I'm someone that always has to be doing mm -hmm. um, and I always have to have a creative outlet. So um, I just picked up pencils and I actually started drawing um, and that turned into painting. I also started sewing and that's how my business came about. So it was mostly sewing with a bit of illustration on the side. Right. And now it's grown into a lot more watercolour artworks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, now it's just 100% um, artwork and no, no sewing out of um, vintage fabrics, which is what I was doing. <laughs> Right. Okay. Oh, but interesting. So where can people find you? Tell the name of your, um, where they can see these beautiful illustrations that I can see, where they can find you online. Oh, sure. So uh, it's a bit of an odd name and it's Tog and Pinny um, and T-O-G ampersand P-I-N-I. And I'm on Etsy and I'm on Facebook and Instagram. It's not we'll, hard to find. <laughs> but we'll link to those in the show notes anyway. If you're listening, it's well worth having a look because they're beautiful. But back to homeschooling, what would you say if you could give some advice to a new homeschooling mom or someone who's struggling, do you have advice you've received that meant a lot to you? I think one of the biggest things and when I have to keep reminding myself and it, I think everyone hears it all the time, but to really not compare your family with any other family because every family runs differently. Mm -hmm. um, and you can certainly glean ideas and um, yeah, and, and grow from seeing what other families do, but you have to pick and choose what's going to work for you. Um, so I think coming to terms with the fact that, you know, I've got a couple of amazing friends who they do seem to be able to do it all. And, you know, their kids are amazing. One, one of the mums, her 14 year old son is in his second year of uni oh. and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> But yeah. that's not my family, you know. Um, you've got the creative side that is so unique to your family and it's remembering to look at what you do well as a family and what's working for you as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. So no comparison. Very, very good. And just before we finish off, another couple of quick questions. What would be a favourite family meal of yours? Um, that's I, a really good question. Do you like cooking? 
I do love cooking. Um, and I remember after watching the um, movie about Julia Child with the cooking and I got the French cooking book that she recommends and I, I made the herb, what is it? I'm probably going to pronounce it wrongly. Sorry for all you um, French speakers out there. The Bouffe Bourguignon, okay. which took like six hours to make. And that was pretty amazing. But that's not my everyday meal. Probably lasagna. Yep. Good, dusty favourite in our house. And last, last random question. If you could go anywhere in the world for a holiday, where would you go? Actually, it it's probably sounds really lame, but I'd love to go to Tassie. I've never been to Tassie and <laughs> I would just love to go to Tassie. <laughs> it's not even far. I think it also feels attainable. So I think that's why I've chosen that as my, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in Victoria, so it's not far across the channel there for you. It's really not. Well, thank you so much, Claire, for joining us today, sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. It's been wonderful having you join us today. Whether you've been doing the dishes, folding the laundry or getting some exercise, thanks for sharing this time with us. To find us online, search Mum Heart Australia for our website, Facebook or Instagram. And feel free to leave us any questions or comments. And remember to share this episode with a friend if you think they might be encouraged by it. Thanks for being in cahoots with us today.